Okay, brothers and sisters, uh, praises be to our loving Abba that we're gathered together, that we still have this life and strength to be able to continue to know more and more about the plan, the teachings of Yahuwah, our God, through the Holy Scriptures. Aren't you glad we live in a time when the Bible is available for everyone to read, everyone to study? You know, we need to make the most of this opportunity because God has recorded the scriptures. He had it written down for a reason, for a purpose, because he wants to teach us. If he did not want to teach us, he should not have allowed it to be written down. But not only has it, he allowed it to be written down, he has preserved it because he wants his people to learn from what the Bible reveals because it is what will prepare us so that we can live by faith especially during the end times of this earth. This is why the year of Jubilee is such a wonderful topic. It's hidden, tucked away in the book of Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 25. So what is this year of Jubilee all about? Before we get to Jubilee, let's first determine what the purpose of the Jubilee is and what the context was when Moses gave this instruction. Let's read the book of Leviticus 25, 1 to 2, Yahuwah spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai and commanded him to give the following regulations to the people of Israel. When you enter the land that Yahuwah is giving to you, you shall honor Yahuwah by not cultivating the land every seventh year. And so Yahuwah issues a command, a regulation for the people of Israel to follow. However, this command is to take effect when? Upon reaching or entering the promised land. So after occupying the land of Canaan, this is what needs to be followed according to the purposes of Yahuwah our God. What is this command? The Bible says to honor Yahuwah, you must not cultivate the land every seventh year. In other words, you're going to give rest to the land. Remember the Sabbath, one of the commandments of God? What was the command concerning the Sabbath? You will work for six days, but on the seventh day, what will you do? You will rest. This is dedicated as a holy day to Yahuwah, our God. And so Yahuwah is also giving a command similar to the Sabbath, but this time it refers to the land land promised by Yahuwah, our God. So what does that mean? That the seventh year, you are not to cultivate the land. Let's read what it says in 3 down to 5. You shall plant your fields, prune your vineyards, and gather your crops for six years. I want to pause there for a while. The people of Israel, how do they make a living? Agriculture, hunting, right? And so they lift they lived off of the land. They also used the land to produce their wealth. And so for the people of Israel, the land represented basically their wealth, their material, material things. So the land was very, very important for the people of Israel. And so the Bible says, you shall plant your fields, prune your vineyards, gather your crops for six years. That's how you eat. That's how you make your money, how you make your living. Verse four, but the seventh year is to be a year of complete rest for the land, a year dedicated to 
Yahuwah, do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not even harvest the grain that grows by itself without being planted. And do not gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. It is a year of complete rest for the land. And so the cycle was six years. You cultivate the land. You plant, you harvest. You plant, you harvest for six years. However, on the seventh year, you must give the land rest. Don't plant anything. Don't harvest anything. Let the land find its rest. What does that tell you about you who are God? He's very concerned about the land, right? He's conserving. He wants to preserve, I guess, planet Earth. And so he wants to give it proper rest, not just the people, but even the land itself. Well, how are they going to survive? What are they going to eat? When it comes to this commandment of God, he attaches a promise. What is that promise? Let's read verses 6 down to 7. Although the land has not been cultivated during the year, it will provide food for you, your slaves, your hired men, the foreigners living with you, your domestic animals and the wild animals in your fields. Everything that it produces may be eaten. And so what the earth, what the land naturally produces will be the source of food. And what is the promise of Yahuwah our God concerning people who may be thinking, what are we going to eat on the seventh year? Yahuwah says, don't worry, the land is going to provide food for you and for everyone living in the land, including the animals. This is why to be able to live the whole year without cultivating land, cultivating the land, you know what that requires? Requires a lot of trust, don't you think? Right? For the whole year, you're not going to touch the land. Just let it produce on its own. And for a lot of people, that was difficult. As a matter of fact, the people of Israel failed in this commandment. And we'll show you later what happened because of their failure to observe this, observe this commandment of Yahuwah. And so this shows us that they lack trust in who? Yahuwah our God. And it makes sense, right? I mean, for you to be able to fulfill this command that for the whole year, you're not, you're not going to cultivate the land. You're not going to harvest and then save it for yourself. That requires a lot of trust. It requires a lot of faith. This is why on the year, the seventh year, what did Yahuwah God also instruct Moses to do? Let's jump to Deuteronomy 31, 9 to 13. So Moses wrote down this law and gave it to the priests the sons of Levi who carried the ark and the covenant of Yahuwah and to all the elders of Israel. Then Moses commanded them at the end of every seven years in the year for canceling debts during the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel comes to appear before Yahuwah your God at the place he will choose, you shall read this law before them in their hearing. Assemble the people, men, women, and children, and the aliens living in your town so they can listen and learn to fear Yahuwah your God and follow carefully all the words of this law. Your children who do not know this law must hear it and learn to fear Yahuwah your God as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. The Bible says on the seventh year, you're not to use the land, you're not to cultivate the land. You're to give land rest 
This requires a lot of faith, a lot of trust in Yahuwah our God. This is why during that same year, Yahuwah God implemented an intensive study of his commandments, of his words led by the, the leaders of Yahuwah's flock. During our time, we also need to conduct an intensive study of the Holy Bible. If you notice, there in Deuteronomy, the instruction was to teach all of the law, to teach all of the words of God, not just to the people of Israel, but also to the foreigners and also the children. So the emphasis was educate the people concerning the word of Yahuwah, our God. We feel and we believe it's due time that we, the followers of Yahusha, the believers of Yahuwah Abba, that it's time for us to really, really enhance our knowledge of the words of God. What do you think? Yes, this is why we're doing this as well. We are preparing for the great day of our salvation. In addition to the Sabbath year, what also was commanded by Yahuwah our God. Leviticus 25, 8 to 9, count seven times seven years, a total of 49 years. Then on the 10th day of the seventh month, the day of atonement, send someone to blow a trumpet throughout the whole land. And so what also was commanded by Yahuwah our God, he says, count seven times seven years. Seven times seven equals what? 49 years. And so when you are on the 49th year, it's a special year. What are they to do on the Day of Atonement? To blow a trumpet throughout the whole land. Why? What would this mean? What would this signify? Let's read verse 10 in this way. You shall set the 50th year apart and proclaim freedom to all the inhabitants of the land. During this year, all property that has been sold shall be restored to the original owner or the descendants. And any who have been sold as slaves shall return to their families. According to scriptures, what is the significance of the 49th year? Well, when they blow that trumpet blast on the Day of Atonement, it is for the purpose of setting apart the 50th year to be a year of proclaiming freedom to all inhabitants of the land. What will happen because of this freedom that is proclaimed throughout the land? Bible says that there's going to be a restoration. People who lost their homes, people who lost their land, people who were slaves, they're going to restore their freedom, their property, and their land back. This is a happy occasion for who? For slaves and for the poor people of the land, right? What does that show you about Yahuwah our God? He wants to take care of the poor in the land. You know, because sometimes when misfortunes happen, because they happen sometimes, maybe your house gets burned, right? There's like a wildfire, a brush fire and something unexpected happens to your life. Maybe you get sick, and because of this, you lose some of your finances, and you're forced to sell your land. And so you are in a bad position. And so every 50th year, God sets it all, everyone gets a clean slate. 
all debts are forgiven. This is why the 50th year, what is that 50 year, 50th year called? Leviticus 25, 11 and 12, the 50th year will be a jubilee for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any crops that grow on their own and don't gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. It will be a jubilee year for you and you must keep it holy that you may eat whatever the land produces on its own. So during the jubilee year, just like the seventh year, you're not supposed to plant and cultivate the land. Just let the land produce food on its own that you can eat. But in addition to giving the land rest on the jubilee year, on the 50th year, is a restoration of all lands. Why? In Leviticus 25, 23, the land must never be sold on a permanent basis for the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenant farmers working for me. With every purchase of land, you must grant the seller the right to buy it back. And so when Yahuwah says on the 50th year, even if you purchase land, right, you have to give it back to the original owner. Here's my question. Who are the original owners? They are the ones who received their land after the conquest of Canaan. Remember when Joshua led the people of Israel to enter the promised land and conquer their neighbors and establish themselves as a kingdom here in, 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 uh, in Canaan? Well, they distributed the land to the 12 tribes of Israel. The, the people who received their portion of land, that is the original owners of the land. And so every 50th year, guess what? The original owners of the land, they get it back. Well, why did they have to sell it in the first place? Lots of reasons, because they need money. Sometimes they, they get into poverty. And so to be able to to uh, satisfy their needs and the needs of their family, they need to sell their land. Sometimes they become slaves. Slavery was a way of them getting work so that they can provide for their, for their needs and for the needs of their family. And so when you sell land to another Hebrew or to another person, when you sell that land, you always have the right to buy it back. You can get enough money. Uh, to buy it back for yourself or somebody can buy it back for you. However, even if you don't have enough money to buy it back, guess what happens on the 50th year? In 25 verse 13, in this jubilee year, every slave will be free, even if the debts have not been paid, in order to return to his own property, even if he sold his property. Do you see why it's advantageous for the slaves and also for the poor of the land, right? But for those who are rich, they might frown upon this thing, <laughs> right? But this is how God designed it for the people of Israel. Every 50th year, the reset button is pressed and everyone gets to start uh, with a clean slate. That's the year of Jubilee. So the year of Jubilee, slaves are free, number one. Two, debts are canceled. Number three, land and property restored. And number four, there is rest for the land. This is something that Yahuwah instructed the people of Israel 
to do. What also um, does Yahuwah emphasize to his people, especially in regards to the relationship with one another as fellow Hebrew or people in general? Let's read Leviticus 25, 14 and 17. When you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy or sell property, you must not take advantage of each other. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. Makes sense, right? The seller must set the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of jubilee. The more years until the next jubilee, the higher the price. The fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests because they make their livelihood from the harvest. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am Yahuwah, your God. And so what Yahuwah does not want is for injustice and oppression to take place. What he wants is fairness and justice to be implemented across the land of, of Israel. And so what did he say? Well, when you're making a transaction, you're going to buy some land, it should be according to how many years left before the next jubilee, right? The more years before the next jubilee, the higher the cost of the land. But if the lower, the, 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 less, the, 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 less, the lesser the number of years till the next jubilee, of course you have to set the price lower because you only have a few harvests left for that land. So it's about fairness, it's about justice. This is what Yahuwah God wants to follow. Now, there are, of course, people who might be concerned, uh, especially during the seventh year and during the Jubilee years, because, again, like what we said, you, you are not to touch the land. You have to cultivate the land, and that's where they get most of their living from. But what is the promise of Yahuwah our God concerning this issue? In Leviticus 25, 18 to 19, if you want to live securely in the land, follow my decrees and obey my regulations. Then the land will yield large crops and you will eat your fill and live securely in it. And so Yahuwah gives a promise for the people of Israel living in the land. Yahuwah says, if you want to live securely, follow my decrees, obey my regulations. This includes observing the seventh year Sabbath and also the Jubilee years. And if one will follow these decrees, what is the promise of Yahuwah? Large crops, that's the promise of prosperity, right? What else? You will live securely in it. This is the promise of security. This is why it's good to follow God's decrees. And there's an equivalent of this promise of Yahuwah, our God that was taught by Yahusha. I don't know if you still remember it, but Yahushua said uh, in Matthew 6, 31, 33, so do not worry, people of Israel. They like to worry a lot. How about you? During our time, do we worry a lot? I think a lot of people are worrying, especially now, right? Because of what's happening in the world. A lot of people are worried. I don't have a job right now. I need to pay my next mortgage. Yahushua says, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? 
For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. We know this promise, right? Can you believe Yahusha about this promise? Do you believe the Father about this promise? What does Yahusha want to drive into our minds and our hearts? It's simply those two words right there. And I want you to memorize this. I want you to put this in your mind and your heart. Yahusha says, Father knows. You see that? Father knows. And Father cares. What does that mean? If Father knows and Father cares, we have nothing to worry about. It means he will give us everything we need, provided we seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Do you know what Yahuwah said to the people of Israel? Because a lot of them really are worried. They're really worried about this command. You know what Yahuwah said? This is what it says in Leviticus 25, 28 to 22. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year? Since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year. 21. Be assured that I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year. So the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from the large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. Wow! Do you believe that promise of you who are God? You know, we don't live during the days of Israel. We don't gather crops. But the principle is the same. What is that principle? Yahuwah knows. Yahuwah cares. And Yahuwah will provide. If we follow his decrees, he will bless us. Because the key, the key for us to be able to succeed is really not what happens in the world, but the blessing of Yahuwah upon the world right? Without the blessing of Yahuwah, we are on our own. But with the blessing of Yahuwah, our God, even a small thing will become a big thing. This is why we need to place our trust, place our hope in what Yahuwah, our God, can do for all of us. At the same time, however, you know, we who are blessed, what does he want us who are blessed to do? Let's read Leviticus 25, 25 to 27. If one of you, if one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. If there is no close relative to buy the land, but the person who sold it gets enough money to buy it back, then he has the right to redeem it from the one who bought it. The price of the land will be discounted according to the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. This way, the original owner can then return to the land. And so the Bible says that if we have a relative who has fallen into poverty, what are we supposed to do? Send them to jail? Is that what the Bible says? No. The Bible says you have to help them out, right? Why? What do we do? If you can buy the land back for him, do that. Yahuwah wants us to do that. Why? Because Yahuwah wants to preserve the the, uh, the people to go back to their original land, to return to the land. That's what restoration 
is all about, returning to your land. I want you to keep in mind the, the phrases being used here, restoration, freedom, returning to the land, because the land apparently, especially the, the land of Israel, is very important to, you, to Yahuwah our God. You notice that? That's the one thing I want you to see in this chapter of Leviticus, that this piece of land uh, we call Israel today is very valuable to Yahuwah our God. So much so, he gives a command concerning the seventh year of the land, right? And he also wants the people to return to its land. It's not by accident. There's a reason and a purpose for that. And we'll show you what that is later on. What else? The book of Leviticus 25, verse 28. This is what it says. But if the original owner cannot afford to buy back the land, it will remain with the new owner until the next year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee year, the land must be returned to the original owners so they can return to their family land. What does that show you about Yahuwah God? Family is important to Yahuwah, right? He wants the family and the clans to be together. Family is important to Yahuwah our God. It is evident from Genesis all the way to Revelation that family is important to Yahuwah our God. This is why he gave this law of the Jubilee, so that the families can be together always in their land, even if there are misfortunes along the way. Now, these decrees that we have shown you thus far has an exception. Okay? What is that exception? Here it is. Leviticus 25, 29 to 31. Anyone who sells a house inside a walled town has the right to buy it back for a full year after its sale. During that year, the seller ret retains the right to buy it back. But if it, is, if it is not bought back within a year, the sale of the house within the walled town cannot be reversed. And so it's permanently yours. It will become the permanent property of the buyer. It will not be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee, but a house in a village, a settlement without fortified walls will be treated like property in the countryside. Such a house may be brought back at any time, and it must be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. So there's a distinction to be made between urban and rural, right? So if you're, you live in a rural area, then the laws concerning the Jubilee apply. However, if you buy property in a walled place, an urban a city, an urban area, then it no longer applies. You have one year to be able to buy your land back. If you, haven't, if you haven't bought it back after a year, then it is permanently, it permanently belongs to the one who bought the land, okay? So there's, there's, a, there's a distinction there. Now, in addition to that, what also is another exception. In Leviticus 25, 32 to 34, the Levites, remember the Levites? They were set apart by God to take care of the temple. The Levites always have the right to buy back a house they have sold within the towns allotted to them. And any property that is sold by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical towns, must be returned in the year of Jubilee. After all, the houses in the towns reserved for Levites are the only property they own in all Israel. 
the open pasture land around the Levitical towns may never be sold. It is their permanent possession. And so those are the privileges of being a Levite. Bible says the Levites, the houses in the towns reserved for them are the only property that they have in all of Israel. Because what they do is they serve in the temple or in the tabernacle of our God. Now, what does Yahuwah want to emphasize to the people of the land? Uh, Leviticus 25, 35, 38. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, what does it say to do? Ignore him? Support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make a profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest on money you lend him or make a profit on food you sell him. I am Yahuwah, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. So Yahuwah God says, if you find an Israelite who cannot support himself, you have to support him. You know why Yahuwah God is emphasizing that? Because that's what he did to the people of Israel. You see, Yahuwah God wants us to know and understand the land doesn't belong to us. It belongs to who? Yahuwah God. The people belong to who? Yahuwah our God. He showed his mercy and compassion to the people of Israel. And so we need to do likewise to our fellow human beings, to our fellow people of God. And so we must support those who are in need. What else does Yahuwah say? 39 to 40. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell himself to you, do not treat him as a slave. Treat him instead as a hired worker or as a temporary resident who lives with you. And he will serve you only until the year of Jubilee. Because on the year of Jubilee, the Bible says all debts have been canceled. Land is restored. Slaves are to be free. And the land is to be given rest. That's the year of Jubilee. It is a year of restoration. Restoration. This is why the concept of a Jubilee is something that we can relate to, especially as we prepare for our salvation. Because in a way, salvation, the new heavens and the new earth, isn't that a kind of restoration, right? The new Jerusalem, the new heavens and earth. It's like the restoration of God for his people, Israel. Something to think about. But what can we learn? What can we learn from Yahuwah's uh, Jubilee? Let's read. Uh, let's, uh, what can we learn? Let's go with the first one. Uh, the importance of rest and restoration, right? Sometimes we work and work and work, but we don't take time to rest. The Bible says balance. Work for six days, rest on the seventh. Rest, uh, work for six years, rest on the seventh. What do we call this? The sabbatical, right? The sabbatical year. I wish we had that today too. Don't you? Right? The sabbatical year. What else can we learn? The value of family. <laughs> One of the major reasons why God establishes in the first place is because he wants the families to be together. Not to be scattered, but to be together. Not to be apart, but to be together. Because family is important to Yahuwah, our God. What else? The value of fairness and justice. 
We should not cheat and take advantage of those who do not know any better. Because not many people, perhaps back then, could calculate, okay, how many years before Jubilee? Maybe there's a lot of uh, complication in, that, in, in matters like that. And so we need to always act with fairness and always act in the spirit of justice. What else? The following Yahuwah's decree is the key to prosperity and security. What else? The importance of trusting Yahuwah our God, especially during these trying times. What else? Uh, the uh, Yahuwah's Jubilee also discourages us from overemphasizing materialism and the accumulation of possessions. There's nothing wrong with having possessions, but we have to be careful not to let the possessions possess us, right? We need to understand that we are just sojourners, which is number seven. It's a reminder that we are just temporary pilgrims or sojourners here. Where is our permanent home? It's not here on earth, but it's in the new city, the, whole, the holy city, the new Jerusalem. Also, it reminds us everything belongs to Yahuwah our God. So in reality, like what Yahuwah says, you don't own the land. That land is mine. Remember that? Yahuwah said, you're only using it for now, but that land is mine. And so we need to always remember this principle that everything belongs to Yahuwah our God. Nine, the year of Yahuwah is expressed in helping the poor and not treating them harshly. Do not take advantage of the weak and the poor. We often hear in the Holy Scriptures, blessed are those who fear Yahuwah. What kind of fear is that? It's not a fear that means avoiding God. Because when you fear something, you tend to avoid, right? This is called holy fear. What is that? It is an awe. A holy respect for Yahuwah our God. And how do we show this respect, this fear of Yahuwah our God? Numerous times in this chapter, the Bible says, You show honor to me, you show fear of me when you help the poor, when you support them, instead of treating them harshly. Remember that the next time you see someone who needs help. If you really fear Yahuwah our God, you will help those who are in need. And lastly, and I believe most important of all, Jubilee, restoration, the cancellation of debts. That is Yahuwah's plan for freedom, not just concerning land, but also concerning our spiritual life, right? Yahuwah's plan for freedom. What is this Jubilee all about? If you still remember in verse 10, set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you. And so jubilee is all about freedom. Jubilee is all about releasing those who are in prison, those who are in bondage. It's about freedom from all of that. This is why when Yahushua was here on earth and he started his ministry after he was baptized, you know, after Yahushua was baptized, you know what he did? He went to the synagogue on a Sabbath day and he read scripture. What did he read? Let's go to the book of Luke 4, 16 to 21. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue 
on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. You know, he went there on a Sabbath. It's possible it's also a Sabbath year or a Jubilee year, as a matter of fact. And then verse 17, the scroll of Isaiah, the prophet, was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The spirit of Yahuwah is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of Yahuwah's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. And he began to speak to them, the scripture you've heard has been fulfilled this very day. Here's Yahusha. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61. In chapter 61 of Isaiah, that Yahusha quoted, he quoted, he quoted the first three verses. Isaiah 61, 1 to 3. He says, the spirit of Yahuwah is upon me, and he has anointed me to bring good news to thee. Let's go back to Jubilees. Leviticus 25. What is good news to the poor? <laughs> What's good news to the poor? If there was a Jubilee, right? Why? Because they get their land back. Good news for the poor, isn't it? What else? He sent me to proclaim the captives will be released, the oppressed will be set free. And so he was using images and phrases of jubilee. It's about granting freedom. And so Yahushua, in Leviticus 25, we see Yahushua there as well. He is the one who is going to give us the ultimate jubilee or the ultimate freedom. Because whether we like to admit it or not, we are poor, right? Why are we poor? Maybe not materially, but we are poor what? Spiritually. So Yahusha is going to fulfill spiritually jubilee by setting us free, by giving us freedom. And when will he do this? How will he do this? I don't know if you still remember, but there's something mentioned in Leviticus 25 concerning when it officially starts, the jubilee year. You still remember? When, did, when does it really officially start? Because usually... Uh, the official start of something is when it's announced officially. When was it officially announced concerning the Jubilee year? Let's go back. Leviticus 25, 9 to 10. Then on, what does it say? The day of atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. And so the official start, the official announcement of the jubilee year is on the day of atonement. What happens on the day of atonement? The high priest offers a bull and offers a, a goat, right, for the forgiveness of sins, the cleansing of sins, the purification of sins that will give freedom. And then you have liberation or freedom, day of atonement, freedom. You know who fulfilled that for us? Day of atonement, freedom, who became our sacrificial lamb? 
who became our bull, who became our goat as a sacrifice. Who was that? Let's read the book of Hebrews 10, 9 to 10, 14. Then he said, here I am, O God, to do your will. So God does away with all the old sacrifices and puts the sacrifice of Christ in their place. Because Yahushua Christ did what God wanted him to do. We are all purified from sin by the offering that he made that he made of his own body once and for all with one sacrifice. Then he was made perfect, he has made perfect forever those who are purified from sin. We have then, my friends, complete freedom to go into the most holy place by means of the death of Yahushua. And so Yahushua fulfilled Isaiah 61 when he died on on the cross because when he died on the cross he served as the sacrifice in place of the Old Testament sacrifice and by his one sacrifice our sins have been forgiven right that was the day of atonement fulfillment Yahushua fulfilled that part to liberate us to give us our spiritual jubilee this is why Yahushua we find our jubilee in who? Yahushua HaMashiach. But always remember, Yahushua will fulfill many of the Israelite requirements for the benefit of his church. It doesn't mean, however, that Israel has been forgotten. This is why in the book of Acts 317 to 21, this is recorded. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders. Want to pause there for a while. Who is Apostle Peter speaking to here? Who is his audience? Remember, when you, when you get the text, you need to get the context as well. Who is the audience of Apostle Peter? Who is he speaking to? Who are, the, who are these people who, by, because of their ignorance, rejected and killed Yahushua as did your leaders? He was speaking to a Jewish audience, right? The Jews. Who gathered together on that day of Pentecost. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold to all the prophets, saying that his Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Christ who has been appointed for you, even Yahushua. He must remain in heaven until the time comes for God to restore everything, as he promised long ago, through his holy prophets. So here's Apostle Peter. He's telling the Israelites that, Yahu, that Yahuwah has sent Yahusha for the purpose of Israel, for them to be restored. Remember, Yahuwah God is restoring everything from the time of Genesis up until now. This is why when the first Adam and Eve committed the first sin and they were cast out of the Garden of Eden from there, Yahuwah implemented his plan of restoration beginning with the promised seed. And the promised seed, of course, was Yahusha HaMashiach. And so from there, one event after the other, Yahuwah is restoring everything. And so in restoring everything, the, the uh, plan was for Israel. Remember what Yahusha said? I was sent for the lost tribes of Israel. And we're going, to, we're going to study that next week, all about the tribes of Israel. What happened to them? How did they get back to the land? So on and so forth. But Apostle Peter is reminding the people of Israel 
God's program for Israel was restoration, but because they rejected Yahushua, they have to wait now. Yahushua's in heaven now. They have to wait for him to come back. And so Apostle Peter is saying and revealing in this passage here, Yahuwah was not yet done with Israel. Part of the restoration project, which is first for the church, God is restoring the church first. Now after that, he's going to restore Israel as a nation, right? And so the year of Jubilee, if you notice the connection to year of Jubilee and Jubilee, the Jubilee years, if you notice in the passage that we read today, the year of Jubilee was about restoring the land that Yahuwah God gave to the 12 tribes of Israel. The land of Israel was very important to Yahuwah God. You know why? Because he made a promise. Not only did he make a promise, he made a covenant. A covenant. What is that covenant? And to whom did Yahuwah God make that covenant with? Who was that? Yeah, Genesis 15, 18. On that day, Yahuwah made a covenant with Abram and said, to your descendants. Who are they? That's the people of Israel. I give this land from the river from the river of Egypt, that's likely the Nile River, to the great river, the Euphrates. And so Yahuwah made a covenant. A covenant is a promise, an agreement that God makes with Abraham. This is an unconditional promise, by the way. The covenant he has with Abram is unconditional. The covenant he has with Moses is conditional. But the Abrahamic covenant is unconditional. So it doesn't matter what Israel will do. This is going to be fulfilled. What did Yahuwah God say? I'm going to give you this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the Euphrates. What also determines the boundaries of this promised land? In Exodus 23, 31, I will fix your boundaries from the Red Sea to the Mediterranean Sea and from the eastern wilderness to the Euphrates River. I will hand over to you the people now living in the land and you will drive them out ahead of you. So when we look at the boundaries mentioned in Genesis and Exodus, and we look at the map of Israel today, what, is, what are the boundaries? What's the area encompassed by what was described here as the boundaries of the promised land? Well, this is how it looks like. You see that triangle shape? That's the promised land. But where is Israel? Do you, do you see Israel there? Right? That's Israel right there. <laughs> A tiny piece of land. But the promised land is this whole thing right here. Has that been fulfilled? It's not been fulfilled, right? Do you think God will fulfill that? Yeah. You know why? Because it's an unconditional promise. Number two, God is not a liar. What does that mean? It means God is not finished with Israel. It could be, it could be that this land of Israel, this border that was promised by Yahuwah God in Genesis and Exodus, that this will take place in the millennial kingdom. Could be. This is why what we are seeing now is God is slowly restoring Israel. 1948, he became a state again, right? 1967, Jerusalem was captured, right? And so what could be next? The temple is restored. Yahusha comes back, as he promised, when Israel accepts Yahusha as their savior. And 
Messiah. That's when he will come back, become their king, and then the millennial kingdom will be here on earth and we will rule because we belong to the kahal. So the restoration work of Yahuwah begins with the kahal. Yahusha will take the kahal with him. He will come back and restore Israel. And perhaps during that millennial kingdom, God will fulfill his promise to his friend Abraham, Abram, Abraham on that day. This is why we have something to look forward to in the following days. And speaking of the people of Israel, do you know why the people of Israel um, left the land of Israel? Do you know why they were taken away? Before we conclude, I just want to go, back, go to 2 Chronicles 36. Likewise, all the leaders of the priests and the people became more and more unfaithful. This is Israel. They followed all the pagan practices of the surrounding nations, desecrating the temple of Yahuwah that has been consecrated in Jerusalem. If you go back to our previous studies, not only did they serve Baal instead of Yahuwah, they brought idols into the temple. That's what they did. And God sent them prophets, but they, they, re they rejected the prophets. So Yahuwah brought the king of Babylon against them. The Babylonians killed Judah's young men, even chasing after them into the temple. They had no pity on the people, killing both the young men and young women, the old and the, the, old and the infirm. God handed all of them over to Nebuchadnezzar. So the message of Yahuwah spoken through Jeremiah was fulfilled. The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the 70 years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. And so God removed Israel from the land because of their unfaithfulness, because of their idolatry. How long are they to be removed from the land? For how long? Seven years. According to how many years they disregarded the Sabbath year when the land is supposed to be given rest. So whether the Israelites liked it or not, God is going to give the land a Sabbath rest. That's what happened. God took them away for seven years and the land was restored, right? Eventually, Israel was brought back to their land, but we know what happened to Israel. They were driven away from their land again, right? And then they were brought back to their land again. And so this happens all the time. And so the question is, what determines Israel's stay or length of stay in their own land? That's what we're going to talk about next week in Leviticus chapter 26, okay? All right, that is our Bible study for tonight. Let us all stand and we shall pray together. Everlasting Abba, yes. thank you so much for all of your blessing. Yes. Indeed, you are a merciful, compassionate, and forgiving Father. Yes. You know very well our weaknesses. Yes. You want us to share whatever good has happened in our life yes. with our fellow human beings. Amen. We believe we belong to you. Yes. You have plans for the church. You have plans for Israel. Yes. Help us, Father, to follow your will, to follow yes. your program, and to be truly repentant that we can yes. receive final restoration in our life yes. and be brought together with you, together with your son, and to dwell in your kingdom forevermore. Amen. Yahusha the king, yes. please be with your servants. Yes. We cannot wait for that day when you will take us to where you are now. Yes. We will wait for that day for your glorious appearing. Yes. Teach us to endure until the end as we watchfully wait for your return. Amen. Father, please bless your people always. Yes. 
Help us to be guided by your holy words. Yes. We ask and beg everything in the name of our Lord and Savior, Yahusha HaMashiach. Amen. Amen.